Welcome to Sunday Chats 969, the podcast where you can listen back to interviews that were first broadcast on All FM 96.9. We are an award-winning community radio station based in Manchester, UK. And on today's episode, we are welcoming back fantastic Andy N, who has now become a new novelist with his debut novel, Birth, 15 years in the writing. We are also chatting to him about his ambient music project, Ocean in a Bottle, where he's collaborated with a fantastic Polly Ocean. We're also chatting to his lovely wife, Amanda Nicholson, about what it's like to be part of a creative couple. So all that's coming up for you. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the Sunday Tea Show right here on 96.9 All FM on your radio, allfm.org, wherever you are in the world, online. You're joined by me, Ruth O'Reilly. Delighted to be keeping you company. Coming up on today's show, we are celebrating the end of National Novel Writing Month with the fantastic new novelist and ambient musician and podcaster, Andy Eng. And he's our real voice of Manchester today, along with his partner, in creativity and everything else, the lovely Amanda Nicholson. Welcome to the show, uh, guys. It's great to have you back on. Yeah, it's been a while, but the thing that I love about having you two on is there's always so much to talk about. There's almost always so many different projects that you're part of. We're quite sure. <laughs> well, I am, anyway. I don't, I don't know about Amanda. Yeah, no, I don't know about Amanda. Yeah, but, quite um, <laughs> I wasn't sure what I wanted to introduce you as because I think, you know, you've got like... You're such a creative chameleons, both of you. But I, I like the idea of introducing you as new novelist for once. How does that fit for you? It's about me, though. Yes. It? Stressful. <laughs> <laughs> Well, your new novel is called Birth. It came out in November, didn't it? Yeah. And I kind of get the impression that maybe you actually felt like you were giving birth in actually (laughs) writing this. It was a 15 year pregnancy. Oh, well, okay. Oh, so that's why. That's why you suddenly got so slim all of a sudden. Exactly. It got stuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and again, it's great the way you've done this collaboration because you've had um, lovely Amanda who has designed the, the cover of this uh, as well. Um, and yeah, so do you want to tell us a bit about why you decided that this would be the year that this would actually become a published book, a novel? Uh, yeah, the story behind it was... It's been dangling around for years, this book, and it's yeah. gone through about five, six drafts, so I couldn't get it right. Mm. And long story short of it, in March, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of a word to say it's not swearing. <laughs> Please the, the don't day, swear. The day job I was at finished unexpectedly. That's the best way of putting it. Yeah. And to basically stop myself getting really frustrated, I mm. thought, right, I need to finish off something that's been dangling around for a while. And that was the one I get. That was the book I came to. And you've done so many different creative projects in in your time, from podcasting to poetry books to music, and yet this is the the debut novel. So how does it feel? I mean, of all the different creative projects that you're involved with, 
it, is this your, your favourite, do you think? Because uh, it's you've had it so long. I guess this is your longest, isn't it? Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's certainly the longest that's took to, to complete. I've had a few poetry books that I've gone on for six, seven, eight years, not 15 years. It was, it's one of my favourites because it, it means a lot to me because it probably yeah. I've been sat on it for so long. Yeah, right, yeah. So. And, and I, I, I guess... I've you crackers on that, Amanda. I've never oh, moaned yeah. you several times. And I was crackers to start. <laughs> <laughs> so look, can imagine what she's like now. Yeah. Uh, great for Christmas though, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Perfect <laughs> for Christmas, yeah. Go on to, I'll, I'll, I'll do a hard time. <laughs> What what I always find quite fascinating, though, is the fact that Amanda has written many novels. I am surprised that she didn't convince you to write a novel on something sooner. Maybe not this, because I know this is kind of like your... This is like the one that you have worked so long on, but I'm surprised that you didn't get around to writing a novel sooner with, like, Amanda's influence. Well, it's, we've talked about stuff like that before, haven't we, yeah. so... Yeah. Um, when that... Right up to begin this year, I had something else on the go, and I might come back to that another day. But it's been—I think it's sometimes it's doing the novel is the most hardest thing in the world as a creative person to do. Yes, and I'm going to have to ask Amanda that as a question because you've done seven, haven't you? Well. Seven. I was going to ask you how many because I did we think it was a few. On the way down here, didn't yeah. yeah, done seven, and I don't know. I found that a nightmare to write on. She could have come get it right, but it's that's probably I'm dyspraxic. But like it's, mm. it was difficult because it was. You're trying to, you're trying to have another voice. Yeah. You're trying to get that, keep your consistency. And when you're doing a poem, there's a big difference between 40 lines and 248 <laughs> pages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And obviously, you're also a, a poet. Um, I know that's something that y you've written another poetry book recently um, oh, as well. These states are covered also by Amanda. Oh, yeah, OK. Oh, I, lo I love this cover as well, which is... This is, a, this is a vehicle, isn't it? It's a train. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's a train. It's a train. And uh, one of the things that you were saying to me was that you want to kind of step away from poetry ever so slightly to focus more on your music, more on, on your novel. But the thing is, when, when you write poems, you can get like insta instantaneous reactions when you perform, more or less. You're, you're condensing... Um, a, a short story into however many lines and, and you're getting it all out there but it's going to be a lot different when it's a novel yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's different to and forth of it because in my case was I got to the stage on last year, 18 months ago I knew what I wanted to do a novel I didn't know it was going to be that birth that's that, the book that I have done now mm. that, that I didn't know, but I was going back through various books I'm that sort of person who's usually got lots of projects on the go yeah and I went back for the poetry I thought I've got four books here that are, incom that are incomplete yeah these just need final drafts and I spent 18 months doing or a year doing the four of them then run the novel one wow it's been a lot but you love it that way don't you you, you don't like it to be where there's there's massive gaps between what you're doing do you I'm always doing something <laughs> always doing something and the best way to be like we've told you before didn't yeah. we like We've got a new podcast on the go. We've I just know. done it this morning. I was like, another new podcast? Um, but it's great content for me. And we have to um, talk a bit uh, about that as well and a bit about what Amanda's been doing. Because Amanda's told me that she did, she did a, a chat book in, like, 
like what was it a month or something it was over a weekend oh over a weekend oh wow it i think that you should just for the effort alone 30 poems in a weekend wow that is just like some kind of well, world well, record about that roof was, um, somebody's sleep pattern which was a is different to mine and I remember getting up at four o'clock in the morning and she said to me, oh, I've wrote four poems. <laughs> and yeah. I looked at her at four o'clock in the morning. They were very good poems, but they were poems. Uh, well, but that, that's, that's you being like very humble. We'll have to um, sample maybe one or two. The unicorn one, at least, because I do love a unicorn story and poem. So, so we'll ha- we will have some of that. Um, but yeah, I want to talk a bit more about birth and everything that it's, it's about, because... It's not about someone giving birth. <laughs> no, um, um, not in that way. Anyway. Yeah. Figuratively, we're not in reality. But as always, you have um, sent us over some music that you've been working on as well. We did a show of yours recently. Well, it's not that recent now. It was at the beginning of, uh, of the year when you and Amanda actually released an, an album together. But this is your, your other project, isn't it, Andy? Your, your other um, musical yeah. project. And I want to start off because I, I've played this and people said to me that it, it was haunting in a good way, in ethereal, in nature. And, and this was Water Me. Um, and you've got a, another creative partner for, for these projects, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. It's my friend Polly who lives over in Dustfield, Pollyanna. And there's a good story how I met her as well, actually. Oh, OK. Well, well t- tell us that then, and then we'll have this track. Um, I came across Pollyanna a year or two ago, anyway, right? That's where I put it, be on some Zoom thing. And mm. I heard her, I thought she was really good to jump this lady. And yeah. she sent me a friend request on Facebook. I sent a message back, oh yeah, I'm you from Dot Dot Night. Yeah. And what she went and did was, instead of sending me a set poem or two over to even Facebook Messenger, some people She sung? No, no, oh. not singing. Singing's come later, I didn't know she could sing. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that was a surprise, that one. Yeah. But she sent over a couple of voicemails to me on Facebook as poems. Okay. And I was sat there absolutely spellbound. Wow, okay. The singing came later because I didn't know she could sing. Ah, so that's interesting. I mean, they they always say that a a poem is like the makings of a song anyway, don't they? Um, But not enough people really realise this. Is there any particular story around why she is um, choosing to, to cover Twigs? Uh, FKA? You'd have to ask her that one. Yeah, I wanted to ask her not, that. I asked, it's not, I've had the bard, I've not an artist I know. Yeah. I went, well, she sent over to me three vocals, singing vocals. Mm. The two F, F, FKA Twigs tracks. Yeah. And the one I'll talk about later, which wasn't one different artist altogether, which has currently got me scratching my head out. But these two, it's not an artist I knew. And I had to go and check out the artist, and mm. I thought, of, yeah, I can see why she likes it. Well, all I knew about Twigs more than anything was that she was going out with uh, Robert Pattinson, you know, from oh, the she, Twilight. Yeah. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I think it's all over now, but that was how I knew her. <clears throat> Must have had a bit of a crush on him at the time. Um, but let's have this anyway. So this is Water Me by Polly Ocean. Told me I was so small I told him water me I promise I can grow 
the fantastic Polly Ocean there, part of the Ocean in a Bottle project, which originated with a lovely Andy N. So how long did you have that actual Ocean in a Bottle project going before you've actually started doing collaborations? Um, that was a few years, certainly, because I started that before I met Amanda, actually. Oh, wow, that yeah. long? Yes, and it started off really, because I couldn't really play piano to that stage. And they got the keyboard in after I split from my partner for Amanda. Okay. And basically, it came from insomnia. Oh well, so something sleep. good came yeah. from insomnia. So I taught myself over about two years how to do it, and then, and yeah. then I learned eventually to work in Amanda a couple of years ago. Then the man, the Mandy in the Buckle project took a couple of years to come to fruition, mm. and the one with Polly started oh last year. Maybe the year before. I've lost count now, 18 months ago. She's got a beautiful voice, though. I think it, it really suits the, the, the tone of your ambient music. Yeah, it was a tricky it was a tricky one, because when you're trying to work with somebody you don't necessarily know, and like in the case of Polly, as I said, it's, I love her to actually great fun. We've only actually met a couple of times, and the way we work is actually a really, really interesting way we do it, Ruth, because... Like, she sends over her vocal files to me. Okay. Usually by Facebook. By Facebook? But okay. recently she's gone to do it through WhatsApp. And then I'm having to, like, download them off the phone. That's and then... a bit tricky sometimes, getting the files off WhatsApp, I find, sometimes yeah, as well. Yeah, it's just phone to recognise them. Yes. That's why there's ways around it. But, yeah, that's what we do a lot of the time. It's just, we do it that way. And then I'll send the tracks back to her. 
And yeah. I usually end up doing a couple of mixes of each track and we pick out what the one we both one we're going with the most. So in in terms of the backing music that, that you're using, she she never exactly sings to that. You you layer it underneath. Yeah, layer it on underneath. Oh wow, that's that's incredible because it sounds so seamless in what it, in what you've created it's there. Mathematics really, because you just have to learn to listen to people. Yeah. And that's what it is, and it's just trying to get the tones and, and then I've got packages that can help me out with bits and pieces of work and then just layer the sounds correctly and listen to it back thinking, yeah, that works and that works a bit. Right. Not everything works let to point, she was saying. I've sent I've got outtakes I've sent to Polly before now. Right. She's come back to me saying you've made me sound completely out of tune. Oh, okay. <laughs> that that's a very interesting point. So so how long does it actually take to al align everything in such a way that it's it's just so that talk couple of weeks that track did right and then uh, they're on the single there's a couple of I did the demo first and then I've had to find when we got a demo we're both happy with and then just I had to do a lot of fadings and layerings yeah and it's because of I'm from the ocean vocal training where a lot of the, the manipulation sounds and mm. I put an awful lot of echo into the vocals yeah because her vocals warrant it as when I work with Amanda as well so yeah it's just to balance half the time and it's that took about a month I, I, well, a month is still like pretty quick, but I, I also believe that ambient music is actually more popular now than maybe when you first started it because I think people are into relaxation a lot more now in a way. Yeah, yeah. definitely. definitely cause I've just, you wouldn't know this one yet because I haven't confirmed it yesterday, but I've got another album on the way for the end of the year. Really? Label, yeah. Oh, wow, another album. Yeah, and you, you had. an EP actually, 25 minute EP. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, a lot you can do with that is because it's so freeform. You end up, you I, I impro a lot on the top of it. Then I mm. just end up doing. If I get a good night's sleep, I can be up sometimes two, or three in the morning. On right. The and <laughs> I can pull fourteen, just do fourteen, fifteen quick layers out, and pick six or seven to build the track round. Gosh, well, and that's all self thought as well, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 That that that's absolutely incredible. Is it something, I mean, Polly, I'd love to see Polly perform live, maybe one day Polly that will happen. <laughs> <laughs> because she does have such a, a, a beautiful voice. Um, but I'm, I'm just wondering, is that something that you would be able to recreate in terms of playing that live or, or uh, not? That's a, no, that's a good question. Mm. I don't know, to be honest with you. Luckily, we've reached the two singing singles we've done. I've kept the instrumental tracks back. Right, so okay. So then I could always layer it, stop and stuff on top of the keyboard. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe in the future. Yeah, yeah, watch this space. And you've also done some very interesting things with your ambient music on one of your podcasts as well, haven't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was, that's, a tri that's a tricky one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it always adds an extra layer of creepiness. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. that Blocks in the Shadows podcast, mm -hmm. that one, yeah. Amanda, do you want to take over that story? How did, did it? How did it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. are you going to become the Richard and Judy of the oh, show? No. no, that one was. We, we, Amanda, you, it's just you said tell us play one better than me that because we, we're doing a podcast called Reading and Bed, a book review podcast. That was your first podcast, together, wasn't it? Together, yeah. Together, yeah, and that was, dear listener, before podcasts were as popular as they are now because now every man and his dog's got a podcast, but back then it, was, there wasn't that many people, were there? Five years ago, yeah, we did. That. Five years, and yeah. We stopped about a year ago for in the shadows. Yeah, it's mostly because um, I was picking up a few guests on spoken label, 
uh, we had a ghost hunting people on from Houston in Texas. Houston was Houston, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and I know which or where, well, a white witch tarot card read over in Top End Scotland. Yeah. And then I kind of knew about both those two, and there's other people I started finding as well. So we decided basically we wanted to do that podcast. Amanda? Yeah, we had a certain person sitting not far from us. <laughs> 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 I was on it for t- I, I haunted that podcast I was on to. <laughs> It was funny that because when we did that review, if you remember that, we were doing them, we were the three was on an acting class, weren't we? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and then we we ended up, it's just basically giving the seats to the trade away now, but we met you three times. (laughs) We successfully weeks in a coffee shop. That that was was really funny. Um, But I wasn't acting. Everything that I said in that was true and and it was paranormal. But... Isn't that funny? It's like paranormal people just gravitate towards you. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we've had, um, is, what we've done is, and that is, we've kind of not stuck, always stuck to that. Because we've gone into a lot of folklore stuff as well. Yeah. And I've got to speak to a friend of mine for the December episode as well, about he's very, very good on folklore. And some other people are speaking to us too as well. Yeah. And we've had, um, you were the last podcast did where we had a tarot card reader from Canada. Yeah, I, re- I really enjoyed that. What I like as well is the fact that you, you are kind of introducing um, people from different parts of the world because it gives a different perspective on... How paranormal is kind of portrayed in a way, doesn't it? From yeah. from America, to, because I think we've got like different approaches over here than than they do over there in a way. And really? that, do you remember the one we had on um, Risha Miller, Amanda, the tea leaf lady? Oh yeah, yeah, she was nice. Yeah, we had a tea leaf lady on. She she'd read people's fortunes by tea leaves. My aunt in Ireland could actually do that. They kind of like see little things like little cats and dogs. And one of the things that she used to always say is, if all the tea leaves went up. In, in a line to the very edge that meant that you were going on a long journey soon like overseas or something oh, right. yeah <laughs> it's, it's yeah that's why I know there's a lot about that sort of thing but it's I think when you get a good podcast on like that a lot of it for me is the education you're learning stuff yourself yeah, yeah. like it's we've, we've done it before every time we do podcasts together with people we often will like we will basically do bits of research I've not I hate the word questions Themes, is a better themes, word, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, like that person will then go off on one and tell you stuff. <laughs> Do you remember we had that um, lady on the ghost hunting people, yeah. sisters, soul sisters? Right. Tell what happened about that. We were talking to him and the light started flashing above Really? <laughs> oh wow. Well, I'm kind of scared being in the studio sometimes because I don't always feel that I kind of uh, I, I I work well with the uh, electrics and stuff because sometimes things happen. I did have an incident last week, in in fact, where I couldn't get the automation on. It was it was terrible. But it seems to be something with people that practice some paranormal activity and their connection with electricity. <laughs> when we went to York and we basically started it, we'd only been doing the podcast yeah. for a couple of months. Yeah. We both woke up just after midnight, the television had switched itself on. The television turned its on. The remote was right next to it, it was nowhere near. No way. And what was on, do you remember? 
I can't remember. I wonder what song it was, but that is absolutely incredible. I'm telling Amanda, and said, if that goes off again the second night, I'll sleep at the train station. That is absolutely incredible. And I guess that's given you some kind of motivation to stick at it because you began that in January and you are going to stick at it. At this yeah, now, aren't definitely, you? Definitely that one, yeah. So yeah. I've got my friend going to do, do a podcast with in the Christmas, and we've just done one on the murder of Jill Dando, actually. Really? Very topical yeah, as well. That came because there was a big Netflix documentary yeah. last month about it, and we watched that, and so we agreed basically we wanted mm. to talk about it because just it was interesting. It was an interesting story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, does that have any paranormal element to it? As in, mm, it's a mystery. Kind of it's mystery. a mi- oh, so you're kind of like going down the mysteries yeah, it's now. Also yeah, it's also it's to call it the unexplained. Oh yeah, the unexplained. Yeah, Christmas is a great time for ghost stories and folklore and and all the rest of it. So it's good that you're taking it in that direction. And I feel as if even Polly's voice has got this. It, almost a folk tone to it in in yeah. a way that kind of lends itself very well to yeah. that vibe. She's got an interesting background, really, and it's her story, really. Yeah. So when I first got to talk to her, she just found out about some Israeli relatives she's got. Down there oh, really? Israel. Okay. And that's why some of her writing, and I'm going to disembarrass her because basically some of it goes on about discovery of her background, and it's. Wow. I mean, when you're writers, sometimes you're finding stuff about, about yourself all the time. Yeah, yeah. And then you need ways to express that as well um, so this is the latest one we played Water Me which came out in was it October September. oh September I okay I could be wrong okay <laughs> well people, time lapses and all the rest of it but this one is Hyde and this has been released just quite recently hasn't yeah, last it week, last, week, yes. last week okay so let's have a bit of this this is a lovely blend of we, we start with your ambient tone and then we go into Polly's vocal. So this is Hyde. by Polly Ocean and one of the things that I first thought about that was that's a very good 
meditative track again it it reminds me of pink noise i don't know if you know about that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah see I know, I know about the big noise because the meditation if you go for the white noise that's where it's very different so again the white noise is much more harsher on your ears yeah yeah, yeah. but what you've done with this what you've just been telling me off air is you made the best use of our Manchester weather, didn't you? Yeah, I just took a microphone outside the window and reported it on. That was the, the, the actual rain sounds, were, I think it was last year. Oh. So that, I tend to build sound banks up sometimes. Sound banks? Was, yeah, and that was when we had a massive downpour for about half an hour. Okay. I think it was, you know, I told you it flooded Crown Point North, yeah. man. They didn't, that was when it flooded Crown Point North. Oh, wow, well, okay. The shop, they, they shut all the shops for three o'clock because it was absolutely the rain was coming down. Oh, wow, well, and Andy was like, I can get a good sound bite from this. Yeah, just ran outside, <laughs> ran outside my phone. It's got me well trained. Like I've been out walking in the woods before now, and there's been loads of bird sounds, and I've just got my phone out and recorded. Yeah. Back yeah. Oh, I I love bird sounds because because I've got like blackbirds that live near me. So I've for years I've been doing it because you find like at a certain time they'll all start chirping and they're having a conversation. God knows what it is, but yeah. Yeah, you'll have to send some random samples because we did a project here at All FM once, which was about nature sounds and stuff like that. But it sounds like you've got a really good way of like capturing yeah, these sounds. Just having an ear for it sometimes, because there's um, I know a couple of people. I know one of one label that actually does field sounds only. Okay. And oh uh, wow, it's like, a label. Exactly, yeah, a Bandcamp label. Yeah. Right. And that's why you do a lot of it is just people will contact you over things on your own. That's yeah. why, so it's... Mm. It's an archive, it's just going to be build banks of sounds up. You don't know what they're going to end up using them for sometimes. And as a, a, a writer, I know, as you, you as a writer, some people find that certain sounds actually help them to, to write better and to calm their mind and stuff. So is that something yeah, that you... Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, mean, I do listen to a lot of music when I'm writing. Mm. Not always what you might think I'm listening to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do, and I mean, you were the same Amanda with that. Yeah, there's certain music that I can listen to when I'm writing and then sometimes I just need to turn it off and just like have complete silence and Yeah. 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 And then she needs sometimes I come banging and she says, the crash bang wallet man I am And then like thinking they say I've lost I've lost my trend and thought we're writing off. Thanks. You said to me before now, haven't you? Yeah. So So back to birth, which I really wanna um talk to you about today. The lead character is a musician, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah, and 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 oh, I wonder why that is. Uh, um, it, what what's his genre of music? Do you want to tell us who the lead character is? Yeah, in, he's in... also called Andy. Just to confuse. Okay, that, just it? to confuse. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I need to state the book's fiction before we start. Yes. Now it's set in the early nineties. Hmm. Uh, and I great set, time. I, I set it in Cholton Cum Hardy, where I grew up a lot around Cholton Cum Hardy. Yeah. Next to Stratford. And I wanted to do this book, have a fictional character and the fictional people in the book. But sure. the area at the time, as it stood, was as it was at the time. Yeah, yeah. And there's festivals listed in it, pubs, venues and stuff, uh, restaurants, everything like that. And it's just to give it that sort of backbone for the story. Sure. Where I can tell a fictional story yeah. in that. Yeah. Because the character there is um, it's about the birth of creativity. Aha, uh -huh, so this is what the birth yeah. is now, yes. And it's like, I, I found, and, and I, I know this happened to Amanda, and I think it probably happened to you, Ruth, as well, is when you first get really involved in your creativity, mm. it comes out like an explosion. 
birth or something. It's yeah, that yeah, that's it's true. Different. Yeah. I wanted to try and look at those emotions in that book. Mm. Yeah, that's what happens with it. And <clears throat> I love having you coming in as a real voice of Manchester because you you know so many different characters from in and around Manchester, don't you? And so many different stories connected to to different venues and and places and and stuff like this. And it, it's it's actually a great way of combining both those aspects of your life, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. As I said, the book is fiction. Yes. Uh, but the fact the area gives it that reality. Mm-hmm. And if they'd gone and say set it in somewhere in London, which I don't know, it would sound false. Yeah, yeah. They always say, as writers, write what you know. Yeah. And this case here is, it's not the case of what I know, it's the area that I know. Let's give it that sort of balance. Exactly, yeah. And the 90s was a great time for, for music in, in Manchester. Everyone wanted to be in Manchester in the 90s for the yeah. music scene. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's what happened there because this book is, people know to it, it's a young man in it who discovers his creativity, falls in love, mm. and then basically and like, forms a band because of it. The blurb says, um, delve deep into the psyche of, of a young writer as this extraordinary tale offers a, a poetic, sad, and often hilarious portrait of his coming of age and his journey um, through his cre- creativity as well. So you mention here that he fronted a five-piece Acoustic band. Yeah. Did you front any bands? I fronted a number of bands. <laughs> but not, the characters in that band are completely different. Mm. Nobody in that band. Was that from your band? Band. Not any of my band, no. Are, are these bands that you, wish, that you wished that you were in? Um, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, it's not a wishful fun in the book, this, no. It's just trying to look for the balance in the book where we do meet the characters and stuff. You is. A lot of it is when you're in bands, and I've had some bands that have done really well over time. Mm. But this one here, I think, is that sort of band where, and I don't give too many spoilers away. No. It's where they grow together as people, and yeah. circumstances change. And yes, and that's what makes it a coming of age yeah. book. And what I like as well is like it, it's it's twenty odd chapters, isn't it? Ne- nearly nearly. 27 is it 26 27 yeah 26 chapters it does leave you wanting more it does kind of leave you you know thinking what else happened with these characters and is that something that you've done on purpose um uh, well i tend to when i got to the end of the book and the last chapter i felt i told the story of the people all the people in the mm. book and it was and I'm trying to be careful what I say here. I know, because you don't want to have any spoilers, yeah. Yeah, but I, there's a lot of symmetry in the book, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah. It starts off at one point, then it goes full circle. That's probably the best way of leaving it. I, I love how they're all... It, it, it's like they, they are a community, and they are very kind of like interconnected as well, which yeah. I, I found quite interesting. And, and I was imagining, as a technique for you, uh, uh, as a writer, that would have actually taken a bit of thought, wouldn't it, to yeah. get that kind of interconnectivity? Like 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. So... Yeah. I, found, I found the other day, and I seen the link over roof, actually, and I, I Richard Forte, it's about 12 years in, I see the book, and I was going through some old emails last week, mm. I found what was originally the first chapter. Oh, OK. 2008. 
Wow. And he asked why his life is in 15 years, because it shocked me. <laughs> but the good thing as well is music has really changed, hasn't it, over that phase? Yeah. And, you know, you're kind of capturing that essence as well yeah, about how, how it how it's changed. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. The band themselves wouldn't have been that band that been nowadays. Yeah, exactly, yeah. They've been a lot more electronically based, because that's the band in that book. And mostly, I think my memory's correct, it was a singer that could play a little bit of guitar, and the lead guitarist, a bassist, a drummer, and another part of the band that played violin, cello, and occasional guitar on top of it. Yeah. Wow, I love the the mashup of all those different instruments because they're not always like instruments that you'd imagine that work together as well in, no. in a way. So that's quite interesting. And it is a good time to capture the stories around because <coughs> new generations, they they wouldn't really understand what that kind of experience was and no, you've kind the, of like sampled it. What the book shows really, isn't it, is, is how some degree how DIY, DIY it was back then. Yeah. Because it's nowadays the equipment using gig stuff is a lot better than it was back then. Mm. Like it was like the last proper live band I had, which packed up in 16, 2016, we played some really rough and ready. Yeah. Back yeah. about 10 years ago, when it was like with the acoustics was just horrific and the mm. equipment was rubbish. But 10 years before that, or 20 years before that, even, it was even worse. Yeah, yeah, but again, there's something about the the, the grittiness of the, the the north where it's it's a great setting, isn't it? Because it's that that's going to be a whole different experience than what people would have like down south or other places. Yeah, it's, I think if you're at a book like I've done here, it kind of really set in Cholton because it's the area I grew up in. Yeah, I've done lots of travelling and stuff. I could probably draft a book together saying broad parts of Brighton. Yeah, over a similar period, I know the area that well, mm-hmm. but that's in a ball game because it's it it was trying to get the voice right and that's always the tricky thing with novels and yes I, I have, amanda will explain that better than me you've done how many have you done now seven full of bubbles yeah well but <laughs> like it would be it, it was a tricky one to write because partly because it's the first novel really as well yeah yeah, yeah. I enjoyed calling you a new novelist, even though like you've done loads of different books. It feels like, I guess, it does that feel like a rebirth for you? Yeah, that's why I wanted... It's worth the symmetry, because I've just bought a poetry book out in August. Yeah. To Changing Cabbages at Birmingham New Street, and that was a very narrative poetry book again. Yeah. But it made sense, because that was, like, leading one to the other, because that's the... Sure. Changing Cabbages is not my, not me. It's a fictional store book told in poems. Okay. So moving then from that into into novels mm. is not too pre- through progressive a leap. <laughs> the the funny thing is with, with with Amanda's books that they were mainly fantasy. I know the very first novel that I interviewed about w- w- was a zombie story set in Manchester. So that was Manchester Market Street was real. The zombies were walking down it, but that that was a fantasy element. With what Andy's doing, it it's all kind of meant to be in the more realistic genre. Only that it's a it's fiction. So yeah. yeah. It's- was it intentional, to be honest with you, I said, but say that, man, you've done a book about, haven't you? Um, not all yours are fantasy, are they? No, the first two, they're under a different name for reasons that I won't go into right now. OK, yeah. Just um, about, like, this woman that was kidnapped as a child and sold to a wealthy family. Oh, she yeah. And found out that she was, like, kidnapped and then she gets reunited with her family and it's just how she sort of settles mm. back in and... She's sort of torn between the two families, even though, like, the original one that bought her did wrong. She's yeah. had all those years of, like, feelings for them and, yeah. and stuff, so she's still struggling with that. That's like, that's like 
I was going to say Stockholm Syndrome. I mean, obviously, Stockholm Syndrome is when you've been kidnapped, but it's kind of on that yeah. spectrum, isn't it? Because, like, you kind of get attached to people that you shouldn't have, maybe. Didn't you do a literature on novella, Amanda, didn't you, about... Um, like, it's like that there, like I said, it's, that's got a cosy nostalgia feel to it. Yeah. What Amanda does is different to me. I'm not quite... I'm not got to that level yet to novels, and I do. Yeah. did one about... Um, Oh, what's the creative brain, man? You know about people get the oh the the, the literature none of value you did. I don't know. The one about I, I'm trying to be careful. I say this <laughs> about the, the the reprogramming the people. I don't know. Well, See, oh well, I'll get it. I'll get it. <laughs> it's all coming out now. No, Andy no, reprograms I, people. No, it's, um, <laughs> it's, uh, I, I can't think of the name. It's all I, about. Um, I'll give you some time to yeah. to think play, about play what tune, that is. Yeah. Do, do, do you know what's happening here, guys? You're not having enough whiskey. That's what's happening. <laughs> Good one. <laughs>
was Kiefer Sutherland there with Not Enough Whiskey. And you've just been telling me that Kiefer has actually been spotted in and around Manchester recently. Yeah. Yeah, I know I knew he was doing the horror convention, which is around this time. Okay. But I couldn't get tickets, so... <laughs> oh, no! You never know. You might just, like, bump into him. But, uh, but the story was, he was actually... I've seen the pictures online this morning. He looked really well, actually, he did as well. Yeah. Um, from my friend Rebecca, who may be listening, and Grant, our co-host, he apologised, both sent me over the same link this morning. Really? And he was seen at the Traffic Centre last week. Oh. And then the day after, Adrian Dunbar, if you know who he is. Yeah, yeah, I know the name. out of oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To say, restaurant can... No, we need to be going there just standardly because he... I, I heard that um, Alice Cooper was just like walking around Wilco a few months ago as well. It's like they're just walking oh, around here. <laughs> that must be it, yeah. Maybe, maybe they, he got bad customer service, you never know. You never know. You're listening to the Sunday Tea Show right here on 96.9 All FM on your radio, allfm.org, wherever you are in the world, online, and we are even on DAB. Dear listeners, there's no excuse not to listen to us, and there's no excuse not to listen to, to these guys, Amanda Nicholson and Andy N, because you do so much creativity in so many different genres, and now you've turned your hand to novel writing. Weird, really, because you didn't realise you used to. There's a good point behind this, and this applies to Amanda as well, and you, Ruth, as well. Is when you're doing creativity, it's easy to stand still. Mm. And a friend of ours was from Right Up Loud Stockport, who you know. Oh, yes. The lovely Nigel. Nigel. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he, always, he's, he said to me, he loves the fact that we don't stand still. We're yeah. Moving onwards with creativity, taking chances and. Trying other things that don't always work, but yeah. But at least you've experimented with them. And when you say you don't stand still, you mean you don't like get yourself trapped in a box of one genre where you can be pigeonholed, really? Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like it's I've never stood still with it, and we should really have to talk about Amanda's latest pigeonhole breaker as well, really, hadn't we? Your children's book you wrote. Yeah. Because there's oh. no way I'm ever going to manage that. I know not. Perfect for, for Christmas. But before you, you tell us about that, Amanda, I just want to say, hello, Nigel. Um, and it's coming up to Christmas, so I'm expecting some Christmas poems from you again. <laughs> oh, you better speak to me about that, because I, did, I didn't know you were doing that this year. Um, so, so, yeah... Uh, children's book is perfect for Christmas but but you did this before Christmas didn't you yeah I became an auntie about 14 months ago now yeah and I decided for his first birthday even though he's obviously too young to read but his mum can be too yeah that I was, Hi, going, to, I was <laughs> going to do a children's book yeah I think that's lovely you know I've been speaking to so many different authors in the, in the past years and it's it's really nice the way sometimes it's been members of their family that have actually been the source of inspiration for a new project so it's great that you've actually um, done that and I've just been looking at the cover of it oh it's very cute do you want to tell us a bit more about this it's like the, the long leaf frog or something that wasn't it yeah oh yeah yeah, so it's about this frog and he starts off, he's got no friends and the other frogs don't want to be friends with him and the other animals in the woods and the, or the jungle wherever he lives don't want to be friends with him and he finds a snake who's an unlikely friend <gasps> and they become best friends and have all these little adventures together. Oh, wow. No, I, I want to read that book. It's it's the way, isn't it, you know, it's kids' a, book. But It truly is a beautiful little book because I have to ask Amanda to say, how did you come up with the idea for that? 
Because I don't know this. You haven't told me this one. I started with the frog, and I just thought, what is the most unlikely animal that he could meet that he would not be friends with normally, but in this book he's going to end up being friends with? Mm. And I thought, most people don't like snakes. So <laughs> I'll get a snake, and they'll become best friends. I love that because you know what that is as well. It's like it's like um, classic comedy techniques. You know, you you go for the thing that is least expected. Yeah, and that makes it a good story. Is there going to be a part two? I might do something either in that world or just something else in that sort of style. Mm. With, with different animals, maybe. And again, it's got a great cover, hasn't it? And I guess you've des- designed that as well. Yeah. yeah, no, brilliant. So, writing for children is one of the hardest things that they say. Did, did you find it hard? Because you, you've always been like in the more young adult, which is like teenager or a younger adult. So, what's yeah. it like writing for a the child? The bit was the easiest bit because there's less words in a children's book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when it comes to the pictures and making them all fit in, and so you've got it's got to be a series, so you can't just have like random images, they've all got to fit together. Yeah, so so that's really combining combining strong imagery with with just the right words, not and not as many words, but just the right words. Yeah, wow. So, the person that you wrote this for, your nephew, what does he think of it? Does it is he happy when he hears it? What what's his? Um, I'm, I'm sure he loves it, but he can't talk. <laughs> 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 well, maybe there'll be a whole series by that time. Yeah. Well, we saw pictures of him the other day, and there's nothing, nothing wrong saying this. He's gorgeous. Yeah, I know. Absolutely he's, gorgeous, yeah. and he's just started walking as well. Oh, and uh, is he talking? So he can say your name now? He's babbling, I think. I think he did say Dada once, and my sister was a bit upset because yeah. she, she was with him all day at that time. She was like, I'm with you all day. <laughs> Yeah, oh, wow. Well, I'm glad that you're kind of like exploring your whole creative range from from young adults, adults, and, and now children. It, I, I guess it, it feels like a bit of a, a proud moment in a way when you've actually been able to also master that genre. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that I'll get to do more for him as he grows up and he'll be able to beat them out. Yeah. No, I think that is one of the... Oh, yeah, it's... Her mission is a book a year. Oh, a book a year, like for every year of his life. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if he lives till he's like 60 or 90. She'll write them in, in advance. Yeah, send them from yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> which is bang on point, bang on brand of um, some of her novels as well. So, back to you, Andy. Um, You've released this poetry book this year, Changing Carriages at at Birmingham New Street. First of all, why Birmingham? (laughs) Uh, It's the first poem in the book, actually, that I wrote, actually. Oh, okay. That's what It started off that one really, 17, that's it, 2017 territory. Mm. And... And you've you've seen me do some of this. Before, I yeah. was gonna say that when I was looking through that, I, it it sounded or it looked very like something some performances that I'd seen of you at Word Central. Yeah, and other yeah. places. I've been doing these poems for a while, so yeah. it's built up over time. And it was it was one where the first poem came together, and I wanted to try and explore the actual narrative and how we do a, tell a much more story in a poem. Yes. Images, and when I wrote one, and then it became two. 
Mm. And, uh, and before I knew it, I was actually built a universe up of wow. this nameless narrator and the girl that all the girl and also a child who then later marries. Okay. And good and bad times. <laughs> Well, you always got a good response. You always got a really good response when you were performing um, these poems. And I was just wondering, did that have anything to do with why you expanded the, the range? Was it, was it like going on the feedback that you were getting yeah, right there? Yeah, it was part of that. It was also yeah. part of it was, it became apparent that they deserved their own story, a full story. Yeah. I could have just stuck to, say, two or three poems and left it, but it, it's a case of when it's like a piece of string sometimes. Mm. don't know how long it's going to be. Of course. And in this case, it became a full ball. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's why. So, one of the things that I found quite interesting was that you you said that you think it might be your last poetry book for, for a while because you've done many poetry books. Ten. Ten, <laughs> ten, ten poetry. Done ten in 14 years. Well, so one um, celebrated its 10th anniversary recently, didn't um, it? Was it was it this year? Was it its 10th anniversary? Oh, well, where's the time going? So you, you create so much. Um, so so this may be your, your, your last one. Is this... You saying goodbye to, to poetry? I mean, how does this work with your performances? Uh, well, to be honest with you, I wrote two poems since that book, and that book was done, that book was finished off beginning this year. Okay. I've just done a bit of editing on it this year. Yeah. And it's just the way it's gone. It's, I've, I don't, I'm not going to dismiss things. You never, never say never in life. Mm. But see, I've wrote two poems fairly recently. I, I quite liked it. could be an 11th book, but A, it's going to be a break, because... I've been writing a lot more flash fiction recently. And yeah. I've to deal with as well. So. Yeah. I have enjoyed watching how you've been evolving in all these um, different directions. It's, it's gone in an actual progression, really. Honestly. Yeah. And I think it really started... When did you notice me doing flash fiction, Rhonda? Over lockdown, really, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. So lockdown, yeah. When we used to do one online workshops, I was experimenting with it then. And it just kind of built up naturally and took over. Because I remember the first time that that you guys came into this um, new studio, you you had a a, a book out about um, "Run Away with Me in Seven Words" yeah. or something like that. That was like you dipping your toe into an area, Andy, yeah. wasn't it? That yeah. was mainly Amanda's. Yeah, definitely more Amanda's genre. That was. Yeah. yeah. Well, people wonder what that's where. You better tell the story, Amanda, about that. I just started off writing a seven-word poem, and someone sat next to me continued it, and we sort of went back and forth and halfway through I think we decided it was going to be a book yeah, and then we did a sequel to it as well called Run Away With Me Again oh I remember words. that yeah. yeah so so when so when you were kind of like bouncing ideas off each other was that just like you with your jokey bantery did you ever realise that it was going, that it was for a book or was it just like uh, you having a bit of a the laugh the first one Run Away With Me In Seven Words was me being sarky yeah, I thought so. Uh, it kind of just snowballed. Uh -huh. Sometimes it does. The second one was the trickier one. Because yeah. we knew we wanted to do it. But we had gaps in the second one, didn't we? Because we yeah. couldn't get it right. Mm. That's why could be, it was more conscious what we were doing. first one wasn't conscious. And that's when you, suddenly you do it unconsciously. Yeah. It flows easier. Yeah, yeah. But that, that was before lockdown. I, I remember that. And... I just I love the way you were working t together on it. It was like it was the, the the combining of two levels of creativity, and it seems like as if it's something that you will continue in various forms. Yeah, uh, yeah. We've got nothing from plans at the minute, have we? No, we're not we're, doing nine words. <laughs> do ten words. Do ten words. We have done um, a couple of flash fiction pieces together. We've got about four. 
somebody's got to edit the fifth one. Hint, hint. Yeah. That was all for you ago, wasn't it? <laughs> I, like I said, they've been hinting for a year now. But when, to be honest with you, that, if, that could be a book in the future, do you know? Yeah, yeah. It is, because that was when we were doing them. Um, and we've got an idea for one about robots, haven't we? We haven't got around to doing yet. Yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing as well. There's things, there's things on the go. And all yeah, things, so. and it's not all bad. I mean, you have had your, your album out this year together, like your, your debut um, EP, and you continually um, evolve your, your podcasts, which, you know, you've got Cloaked in the Shadows, which has been a very successful podcast for you this year. So, so, you, so you are actually still working yeah. on things, even yeah, if it's not books. Exactly. And we've yeah. got a new one out with Grant soon. And which, what was it called again, Amanda? Not the TV Guide. We've sort of, we've funny because we were on the podcast this morning I introduced it and I had the second sentence of Amanda what's the name of this podcast too many podcasts not enough whiskey <laughs> Welcome back to the second hour of the Sunday Tea Show right here on 96.9 All FM on your radio, allfm.org, wherever you are in the world, online. We are even, dear listener, on DAB. Joined by me, Ruth O'Reilly, delighted to be keeping you company. Here at award-winning All FM, they call us the real voice of Manchester. And my real voices from Manchester live in the studio today are the fantastic duo... Amanda Nicholson and Andy N and we're chatting novels, we're chatting poems and much more besides Andy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and podcasts as well. And we still not um got you to read some of your, your books, which we will do very shortly, but we're also including some of your favourite music and we're going to have another track from, from Kiefer, aren't we, Amanda? Yeah. Kiefer, Amanda, wake. <laughs> so, so this is Something You Love. I ran into an old friend We shared some drinks and some old times gone by Traded our war stories Moments of glory When I saw the fear in his eye That's when he told me About the company setbacks Budgets and cutbacks And boy you're on your own Said I'm wasting my life just paying my bills Doing my time but getting no chills The living ain't living now without the thrill Of doing something you love Sing a song loud or hit a ball Spend the night outside under the stars Catch one falling and you'll go far Doing something you, something you love I was saving for a week Hoping that we might spend a little time alone Somewhere watching the sun drop Yeah, that's when I'd pop 
the question and break out the stone And she told me I'll follow you wherever And I'll never ever leave you alone Something you love, and 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 Kiefer Sutherland is something that you love, isn't he, Amanda? <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I was just saying to you there, Amanda, I still can't really get my head around the fact that he's he's, he's a singer. I mean, I kind of think of him as primarily an actor, which I guess so many people do. So, so I just needed to ask you this: Did you like him? as an actor and then that was why you wanted to get into his music or was his music kind of like standalone and that was your entry point into... I liked him mainly in 24. Yeah. I found out he was singing and I was listening to it and thinking oh, it won't be any good because mm. usually when you get actors singing they're not that good. Yeah, yeah. And I just got obsessed from there. <laughs> <laughs> but you were saying that he's got like it, this whole other stage presence. Yeah. He was telling stories about his family and because he seemed so normal, it was halfway through, it clicked and I was like, oh, actually, his dad. Is oh, and that's Donald, is. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. I know Amanda said he's got a twin sister, hasn't he? Yeah. And I've not they seen They do it. look very alike. I've seen a picture of her and she just looks like a female version of him. Really? But he, he kind of, he's got a different look for being a singer, doesn't he? He he look he looks like different to when he's acting from what yeah. I've seen. Yeah. I remember sharing a photograph of him with his cowboy hat on and you thought it was And Andy. I thought it was Andy, yeah. <laughs> I was like, Oh, so that's where it's all coming from <laughs> No comment. <laughs> so I, I was going. Oh yeah, I was going. Oh, don't tell us too much about your personal. Life. No comment. <laughs> yes, and it, and this is the Sunday tea show. It's not. It's not later. Oh, yes, it was. Yeah. Oh, it? was this was this kind of like one of your like a response poem to something yeah. that Andy had written? Yeah, yeah I remember we'll talk, that. We'll it's, talk about obviously yeah. my changing carriages book here. Yeah, and that was about a couple that first started friends had an affair. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of the way they start off is like, do you remember service? So I know. Like, do you remember Kiefer? <laughs> I always rem- I always wondered what all that was about because I remember one of the things that you used to say is um, that th- th- this is fictitious. This is this is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't want people thinking I'm a cheater. <laughs> Parallel universes and multiverses and all of that. Um, but yeah, it looks like you've had a lot of fun. And you know, this is the thing with, with poetry. Some people think that it's it, it's it's boring or it's just fluffy. But you two explain the way it goes in many different directions. Been, we've been lucky, really, because when we got together, we both were writers beforehand. Yes. I was a poet, and well, you were a novelist, really, Amanda, weren't you? Yeah. And it's like. And you met through your creativity on on another radio station, I think. Um, yes, I don't know. Bonded for another yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'd met on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we'd actually met on a very famous website for dating. Yeah. Ooh. And it kind of it built up there, really. Mm. But, yeah. I was just looking for fish. Oh no! <laughs> I, I, well, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. And, and there's plenty of them. Was all I'm going to say. And, fa- and she found her gold one. But yeah. I, I, no, I didn't know that. I think I thought that I literally thought that you just met through the raid, the creativity, and being guests on no. on the other radio. That was what yeah, I thought. Yeah, that was part of it. And then I think what really made it, Ruth, was this. This is the bit now we can plug our night now. Actually, speak easy. Yeah. Because. It was run originally by a guy called Dave Hartley, who you've had a little Yes, I love Dave. Yeah, yeah he's a great... Dave, we love Dave. Great guy. Yeah. He's for ages. But I like think him. he's in... Isn't he, like, sort in Estonia or something? Uh, no, Dave, he's quite like Yeah, him. yeah. He's, and he's, like, he's a real creative person, never sits still. But um, when he took over Speakeasy, he was doing Speakeasy originally, I'd gone straight to the beginning of it because his name was Remember Folks Live, or what it was. Okay. And... Uh, and I couldn't believe it was I him. I took Amanda down there yeah. 18 months later. And it's we were, before we were dating. And That's the first time I read out my work in public. Yeah, you, t- you used to tell me that story and you said that like you were shaking when yeah. you first... Yeah, but but Dave was very supportive and yeah. said keep going with it, yeah. What did, what did Dave say to you? You came along, I brought you along and... I, I think remember... he said just see how you feel, listen to everyone else and then that half time, if you want to read in the second half, let me know. Right. And I've sat next to a poet called Pot and Shed P. Oh, yeah. And he's giving me some advice, so he encouraged me to go through it. Yeah, and then it's, it's, it's ironic, Amanda, isn't it? If, hey, two and a half years later, the opportunity came up for a, a man to co run it. Yeah. With us and Steve. And we, mm. and we need to get him on here for some point, Steve, don't we? Listen, <laughs> he's got a novel out as well. So oh, wow, has he got a novel out? Yeah, a novel wow, out okay. Because well, so. I do enjoy the pieces that he um, performs at, at, at Dulcimer. But I mean, the, the only reason that I didn't mention the fact that the three of you co host Dulcimer is like, I, I wanted to kind of like focus on, on the novel, and yeah. this is it. You do that's so right. many different things. That's the way you go. But that's the story and art is like, you never sit still. Yeah, no, but obviously, I love the fact that you, you had such a strong passion for, for that night, didn't you? That that's why, Amanda, that that was why you said you really want to get on board in saving it. And it, it didn't stay at the, the SIP club, but then it during lockdown, it, it, it closed down. But then that was like its whole adventure in itself to find an, a new venue and build it up. I think what really worked in your favour was people were really craving these community creative experiences again. And so, so you kind of like really got in there, didn't you? Oh, we were probably one of the first ones to get out there again after Yeah, it was the July one there. 
and we were restricted to a maximum of 20 people and I think it was back on 20 people that showed up. Wow, and yes. Back, uh, I think it was August 21, we had six people. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not really dropped since then. It just shows you, like I said, it's, it's the way it goes. It's, everything you do is look at the draw. Because I, I think that one of the first ones, I, I saw it online, you kind of, you streamed it online at the same time because some people were still not really going to gigs and stuff. So you kind of did it that way, didn't you? Where you did kind of like videos yeah, online. I had or... the idea to stream it online and then my phone went out of bounds. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it and was it good. It was really hot as well. It was like burning in my Oh god! Well, I, but but it did kind of set the kind of um, curiosity because whatever you did get out there, I, I did see it and I was like, oh, I want to see this venue in real life and stuff like that. And I think loads of other people had that experience. And in the end, you had people travelling from far and wide, and it's something uh, that still goes on, isn't it? Well, furthest we've had, we had two people from Brighton, one from Bournemouth, mm. Edinburgh. Oh wow. Um, Oh, where's it? Was it Middlesbrough or Newcastle? Newcastle. Yeah. Newcastle. And we had we get people. I know we get people get ready coming over from Southport. Yeah, and that that is a bit of a trek, you yeah. know, when you don't know what the weather is going to be like exactly. or so anything. It's look at the doors, like I said. It's what well, people recognise is a good night, and we do our best to support people. So. Yeah, yeah. It's a very supportive night, and I, like, I like I you say, I would have had the encouragement to do this novel. To be honest, it hadn't been for that night. Yeah. I was re been reading extracts out from it. Oh, I? right, OK, yeah. And my people going on and saying, get, get it done, you need to get that done, we want to hear the whole story. Because it, cause it sets around that area yeah, as that well. Area, that area, yeah, so. And that is one of the areas that is, is constantly um, evolving and changing o o over the years as well, so it makes it a great area to, to write about yeah. as well. I mean, so lots of different reasons. It's a, great, it's a creative hotbed as an area. Yes. And that's why it made sense to set it there in the 90s, mm. really, because it's just so different. Now, 24, 30 years later, it's a different, radically different area. I think I was having a conversation with someone just yesterday about the fact that it feels like we're all craving nostalgia right now. You've got all the old game shows coming back. You've got all the memories coming back in, in different yeah. ways. You so you, did, you were at one yesterday, weren't you? You told us about yeah. uh, an Aust Australian one. <laughs> uh, Australian version was fruity. <laughs> yes. Well, I think they're, they're thinking about trying to get it for um, the UK, but... Graham Norton is hosting it. It's okay to say that because it has been kind of like there in, in, in the media. When when we go to these things, we need to say like very little um, about it. But because this is, I only know like one or two people that are actually in, in Australia that may listen to, to my show. I can say that we were in Costa del Salford pretending that we were Australian. <laughs> Well, well, one thing that was a kangaroo. Well, well, well. Graham told us this um, amazing story about the fact that some TV producer told him that they they hardly ever used um, that. You know, it wasn't like this thing like Lassie where they train a skippy or, or whatever. They just literally used to like film a, a kangaroo in the bush and just like. Yeah. Uh, shop it in and stuff like that which was which quite funny but the thing about this is when um the puzzles come up they're all based around like australian things like the spiders and all the other kind of like creatures and stuff like that so they so they do that um and they got contestants from australia but they've been here a long long time so so yeah but i do love the nostalgia that's in your book so we'll hear some of that later on but this poetry book, which is going to be like your final poetry book, that's kind of nostalgic and memoir in, in a way as well, isn't yeah. it? And that's why it's good to let you really hear a bit of this first, because I said, you want me to do two from this book, and I'll do two different, completely different poems here. Yeah. 
the, the tragedy in the book is that it's um, where the main character Sarah loses her father, who dies in a rather compromising permission that splits the family. So this first poem is about that really. It's called Your Father's Records. It wasn't much a show, was it, Sarah? For a lifetime shopping, just a few classic albums from your dad. The rest been sold off for beers when your mother stopped his beer tap, which your older sister dropped off in a box without stopping. I felt sorry for him. Do you remember telling you, Sarah, covered in fingerprints, clearly dragged off to the local record shop and placed back on the shelf there when nobody clearly would touch them or deal with his abusive behaviour? Making me regret... Well, making me recall the way you must have felt when he bought them originally before he started cheating on your mum. I started spending more and more money in the pub and ignoring you as you grew up and needed them. Purchased emotions when he put them back on a huff afterwards, almost like Al Green's Call Me, Come Back Home, or Simple Minds' Don't You Forget About Me, clearly skipping for his thoughts when he then died in his mistress's arms, saying, My memories are now yours. Brilliant, Andy. And we're going to have another one from, mm. from that poetry book yeah. as well, aren't we? Yeah, I'll do a later one now. This is taking place after some more tra traumatic events. So this is three years of... Correction, I'm tired today. Three visits to Paris within ten years. The first time, do you remember, Sarah? It rained all weekend, all the way from the airport in Paris, right up to Saint-Laurent on our honeymoon. And we spent most of the afternoon, well into the evening in the Latin Quarter listening to a jazz band which you couldn't stand. Five years later and three after contracting diabetes do you remember Sarah having to almost mesmerise me in guilt to get on that plane exhausted after the collapse of another adaptation of my book and nearly losing Michelle during the birth of her first child three weeks earlier. Five years after, two after you had died the guilt follows me out of the airport on a cheap stopover to Milan, on the edge of the saying, a blank interior to days gone past, as much as words that could still be said. Five years after, and two after you had gone, of untold stories stood there, and peripheral sadness with the rain, lost in the brilliance of memory, an effigy and emotion, disappeared into the past, echoing the silence of your goodbye to my mouth. Oh, well, thank you so much, Andy, for, for those two poems. And what I loved about it is it's got the um, storytelling aspect. You hear it another way, and it, and it is a, a poem. And you continue that theme of writing kind of poetically within birth as well, don't you? Yeah. That's, that was the plan for this, when I knew this last poetry book was going to be the last one. Mm. I knew birth was going to follow it. It kind of made sense where... Changing carriages is retirement of one form, and birth is giving birth for something to somebody. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, it's touching on, on themes that are close to your heart as well, like diabetes yeah. and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And it brings in a, a new layer of, of awareness, I suppose, whilst you're writing. Yeah, that's what I did because it was the character in that book is also called, he's not named, but. You can probably guess it's Andy, right? Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's not very good at coming up with names. Not, not male character names, anyway. So, but no, it's not named, right? Yeah. But, but, but the thing with that is, was I put little like Easter eggs in it about me. That yes. Way, it makes yeah. it easier for me 
to be able to write about who the character. And it, it, does that make it easier for people to um, connect with you and, and, and give you feedback, or maybe even talk about some of your issues as well? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah so because it's a lot of it is you put. You always say with poetry, it's not putting your overlining imagery in it. Yeah. It's the subtle things, the little things that make the big difference, and it's all writing, I think. Yes. What do you think, Amanda? Yeah, yeah she agrees. <laughs> <laughs> but but like what I'm really saying as well is that's when poetry is working at its at its finest, isn't it? When it's it's creating conversations, it's creating a deeper thought as well, and and that's what what you yeah. do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so we are going to hear some of your your book birth but i just want to play some some more of um your music selections as well so so this one is from um pure essence which i thought was pure essence oh, that's dyslexia <laughs> spelling as i go over through but yeah this was a mid 90s band early 90s band that came up in the Manchester area then to Britpop. yeah and they folded what 15 years ago right and what's happened is they've announced new dates next year and they sold that they sold out the Albert Hall in 20 seconds in right. 20 seconds wow so this is annoying, this annoying feeling I don't get a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> someone give Andy a ticket if you're listening <laughs>
That was This Feeling by Pure Essence, which I will now always want to call Pure Essence. <laughs> You're listening to The Sunday Tea Show right here on 96.9 All FM with me, Ruth O'Reilly, and my special guests live in the studio are the fantastic dynamic duo Andy N and Amanda Nicholson, and we are chatting novel writing, poetry, and podcasts. And I really wanted to get you on the show during November because it has been National Novel Writing Month. I mean, did, you, you did kind of flirt with National Novel Writing Month in previous years, didn't you? Uh, Amanda. Oh, OK. It was it a, Amanda. Ah, oh, did you not? Yeah, I did it one year. Yeah. yeah, OK. But you have written so many novels that you didn't really need that to get your inspiration going. It was there within you already. Yeah. Yeah. You better tell people the book we're on about was Ghost of Me. Oh, mm. no, it was, was it? charge. Oh, first charge. Yeah. I remember this because at the time you were talking taught about, about doing it, it in general. Yeah. Oh, walk. yeah, the zombie first, walk. First you, Ruth, that was the first, yeah. And Amanda was taught about writing. I started a book in January. and I started it in November. I had the first draft done. <laughs> And we missed a trick because you, you, you should have actually um, shown everyone that um, Zombies book that, you, that you'd written because I think that would have gone down really well on the zombie walk when we had all those Japanese fans. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, okay. Thinking we were a something. And that time, I never knew that you were a musician, Andy. I've only kind of like known about that more recently, to be honest with you. It's probably good stuff. And the bands that yeah. you've been in and stuff like yeah, that. It's, it's to a degree, I've kept them both separate from each other, don't you? Mm. But more in the last couple of years, I've just thought, no, people need... It's, everything is what me, I am, not just one thing. Yeah, yeah. Say, there's a saying that comes to some people, and I'm not naming names exactly. Some people write to say, I'm just a one-trick pony. Sure. Well, we can't say that about about you. But I mean, how do you find kind of like diversifying the audiences and stuff like that? Mm, it doesn't always work. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's the reason why you do keep them like so separate, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. If I was going to do my music under my, my own name as well, mm. I think it'd be a stage to step too far, to honest you. Right. Yeah. That's oh, because they'd be like, he does this and he does this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Confuse people. Uh, music's always it's, been that way for years I mean it was bits and pieces so but like I said it's just they're not the writing's one side of me the music's the other and the podcasting well I could have gone wrong could do a different name of the podcast <laughs> right no I think it I think it's good and you know I was always interested in, in podcasts since they very first came out um but never really did anything with it I never thought that I'd be on the radio like I always kind of wanted to be on the radio but I never did thought that I would be as a once before when you, yeah. like, you first got to all FM was it about the same time I started podcasting yeah 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 which is quite interesting um yeah. but yeah because I because I because I never thought that I could be on the radio so I thought if I wanted to do anything like this my my only outlet would be through podcasting so I so I found like what you were doing with podcasting quite interesting as well and now it's kind of like evolved in in many different yeah. directions well it's like I said I've got obviously two we talked about my big one the spoken label I've been doing that for eight years I yes the eighth year the next year and it always makes me smile with Amanda we first got together I knew you when I just started it hadn't I yeah. and you turned you turn and told me this twice now saying oh she she thought I'd thought I'd run out of guest speech. Uh, I remember that. Yeah, she's never going to get any. He's never going to get any more guests. But but I guess having speakeasy 
as a night helped in a way with that, didn't uh, it? It does, it does, yeah. Don't get all my guests from speakeasy, to be honest mm. with you. But certainly, yeah, I've got speaking of a young Scottish lady at the moment who I'm bringing on the spoken label next year. Mm. And I'm not naming her on air because we've had to postpone it twice now on various okay. reasons. <laughs> no, it's family stuff, it's family stuff. But, yeah. I mean, I've got other people on speak to, but then, like, it's there's various websites knocking around. I'm not doing product placement where it's very helpful for getting guests. Yeah. And, and yeah. We, I know people like. A uh, mutual friend of yours, Richard Harris, who was on here. Oh, recently. yes, yeah. We he, had him back for a second him, round, he yeah. He gave me a recommendation uh, the other night as well for somebody. Brilliant, so I'm yeah. Coming on maybe probably January, so, yeah. And, of course, now, since, since lockdown and stuff, people are more open to podcasting and listening to podcasts in a way that they weren't previously. So you get more people wanting to be guests on these yeah. and create, yeah. yeah. Definitely, I think it's... I think the British way British society has gone is up to lockdown. We didn't know what they were as much. No, like, no, you was a bit more niche, wasn't it? Now, now it's everyday language. Yeah, yeah, because even like the the, the BBC um, advertised podcasts and stuff like that. So it's yeah, very much everyday. So I, I guess you're really proud that you can say that you were in it from the beginning because like you'd found your feet more or less by yeah. the time it got popular. Yeah, definitely. To me, it's when there's no, I had no training on it. I wow. Yeah. Hit record button and conversation. <laughs> yeah. First, uh, if anyone's really clever, you track out the first one where I did it with my friend Adam, who we just met. And, okay. And that was where me and him were in the pub for three hours. Getting oh, okay. Drunk, <laughs> drunk, and drunk. Or something. Don't listen to it. It's chaotic, I need to listen to that one now to see how how it's evolved. But I mean, how was technology the worst? I don't think you've got a problem with speaking. Was it like technology that was the worst part of it, it all? It was working out. Uh, danger is when we do podcasting as with radio things as well is, is structure yes it's always is structure because I've heard so many podcasts bad podcasts because they don't know what they're doing right yeah that's why it's, a lot of it is balance half the time means I don't I don't want to ask questions and when yeah. I'm close to the shadows of you Mandy, we don't ask questions do we no. we try and keep it as free and formal as we can yeah that's why it makes it natural uh, yeah I mean, you make friends out of people well, oh, as I yeah. say and this applies here as well, is it's a conversation to two friends or three friends. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Even if you've not yeah. met them before. Them. Yeah, I always try and, like, keep to that, that ethic as well, where it's like, if I've read or listened to some of your material, then I feel that I know you to an extent and I will base what I'm talking about on, on that. Um, but we are here today to chat about the fact that you have now released your, your novel. And I wanted to say something about... Um, the poetry that you read out before as well. It was just, I, I liked the way the piece that you chose, it felt that it had a kind of a soundtrack to it, you know, because yeah. like you mentioned so many different um, um, musicians and stuff. And I was wondering, did you feel that this had a certain soundtrack to it's it as well? The bit I'm going to read out now is actually set in a music festival. Mm-hmm. Um, in Cholton itself, I don't think it exists anymore. Beach Road, you know, Beach Road. It had a music festival at one point in the park down there. This okay. is actually set in music festival. And oh, wow. it takes place, I need to give a, bit, a quick bit of context on this, with the main character, Andy, three days after he'd been to a wake, which um, resulted in him getting arrested. Ooh. So, three days after everything went mad, Dave called around with my folks on the way of work saying, there's a free music festival on Saturday afternoon in the meadows. Fancy tagging along. I don't know, I began answering, you know what my taste in music are like. Come on. It'd be a laugh, he laughed. And well, frankly, yeah, it was a laugh, but only in the sense of it was awful. 
we ended up going out at past two in the afternoon. I want to see the first act, he said, while listing the songs that the singer had done, I was now solo. I always thought they treated him rubbish, he began. He was always a star with him. I nodded my head in agreement, watching the singer stumble on his acoustic twice. And then as the second string snapped, he started swearing. I eventually mumbled to Dave, I'll go and see what they're selling at the car boot sale and pop back later. Dave was disappointed I could see, but he didn't fill me with any kind of confidence when the string went. And I used the car boot sale excuse to go and wander around for a bit. There wasn't a lot in the car boot sale either, on the other side of the park either, maybe 12, 13 stalls. I looked at a couple of second-hand DVZ stalls and a few bits and pieces, but I couldn't be bothered re-watching them again. So I shrugged my shoulder and walked slowly back to Dave, starting to get really disinterested in the whole thing. As I walked past, there was a circus act on by a pair of clowns who kept going back to the beer tent whenever the steward wasn't looking, and another tent where an elderly lady was telling stories to a circle of bored-looking children. We were probably only staying there as their parents were in a stone's throwaway, and likely would have skinned them if it had gone back, for, gone back to them too early. This wasn't my cup of tea by any stretch of thought, as I'm sure you can guess, but I'm going on a few seconds, feeling sorry for everybody who was there. I wouldn't like to try and guess how old the lady was who was a storyteller, but she was incredibly patient. I would have certainly given up with her if after a few minutes of that with the children, somewhere she was sat in there openly yawning, but she wasn't moving and was determined to tell the story right from the beginning to end. She's terrible, isn't she? A voice spoke from the other side of me. I wouldn't say that, I turned round. I couldn't do what she is doing there. Me neither, said the voice. She's a young girl. Maybe a year or two older than me with curly blonde hair and a little nose ring. I liked her immediately. Oh wow, thank you for, for that, Andy. I think you are a, a salesman, aren't you? You know when to stop and get people wanting more. Yeah. Good point, that one. Wondering, that's when that's it's about half in the book, but it's a crunch point. Yeah, so I was gonna say how far ahead in in the book what was that? Yeah, so that's kind of like a, a quite a, a poignant moment in the book. And that was a um a little extract from birth. And when did it come out? Halloween. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, so it was right there for for, it's for not November. A horror, it's not a horror story. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a horrible story, but not a horror mm, story. Yeah, <laughs> maybe there's, there's there's outlets for for other versions of it because you know there's like I can imagine Amanda's version. Yeah, well, Amanda. Snip, I snip, I can snip, see snip. that Amanda's <laughs> thought of that already. <laughs> you might have noticed there. There was a reference to something that Amanda likes. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, we need to get some more of your musical selection in because obviously music is a big um, inspiration in your writing. Always has been, hasn't it, Andy? Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah. And this is like one of the things that you've been listening to quite recently. It's a, a cover version, but it's got its own like unique style to it's it as well. really... I don't know, it's very, it made me cry the song actually mm. when I played it before. I was going to go out the other week. Have you ever played this to you? No. no and I, the, she never listens to me. Ah, this is Losing My Religion by Belmont Girl.
Was losing my religion. I I love that version. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's um it's only on YouTube that one that people are wondering. So, the artist is a French artist uh, called Belmont Girl, but she's also known as Malibu, hmm. and she's just, just extraordinary. Yeah, like, absolutely extraordinary. And I I can imagine you working with her in a way. I can imagine it's got it's that kind of essence to it. Yeah, it's something I'm gonna. Hmm. I know. Watch your space. That's all I'm going to say. Right. <laughs> Let's I see. I hint to you before, so obviously very quickly, um, about who the next singles, Polly Ocean single, is going to be. Mm. And I don't know. How <laughs> this is a tricky one because um, she sent over three tracks, me Polly, and the third one is by PJ Harvey. Oh, and right. That's tricky. <laughs> right. Well, I you know. I forgot the name of the song. I can't help you, but it's tricky. Polly's got a beautiful voice, and I do hope that sometime we will get her live in the studio. Because you said that she she plays um, she play instruments as well. Yes, but I don't, I don't know how good she is. <laughs> oh, I've not heard it, so I can't comment there. But. <laughs> anyway, I am eager for Amanda to um, read one of her pieces now, and then it's it's all equal. We've we've covered all sets then. And this is, this is one of your new pieces, isn't it? Yeah, it's a poem that's part of a competition entry, so I don't know how well the entire entry's done until January yet. Oh, so OK. Exclusive oh, exclusive. Movie. I love exclusives. <laughs> exclusive. Exclusive. On All FM. Take it away, Amanda. Uh, conversations with my unicorn. Some people have a therapist. Instead, I have an emotional support animal. Some get a cat and others a dog. Mine is a unicorn named Sparkle. We have long conversations that go on into the night. What do we talk about, you ask? Sit back and I'll tell you, for Sparkle's wisdom knows no bounds. When I worry about small things like how to pay the rent and whether I'll ever work again, Sparkle tells me it's time to dance. 
Disappointments come and go, but Sparkle always takes my hand with his pink hoof and just says, sprinkle some glitter and they'll fade away. So now the hoover's broke and the room is covered in glitter. He tells me about the land of unicorns where the grass is pink and the clouds are made of marshmallows. You can be yourself, he says. With a swish of his tail, he imparts lessons from the unicorn world. Follow your heart, chase dreams on the run. It sounds so easy, doesn't it? But what about troubles and sorrows, I cry. He laughs, darling, with the unicorns by your side. The world is your magical moonbeam, and rainbows always lead to gold. So I learned to be carefree in this whimsical world. We'll dance all day as the bailiffs carry my furniture away. But who needs chairs when you have a unicorn? I love that, Amanda. And you know how much I love the unicorn, so that is great. And that is classic Amanda humour, which we always witness at any open mic night. No, that that is amazing, yeah. And I, I want to be off there in unicorn land, definitely. Where, where can I get a support unicorn? <laughs> oh, God, it's like a waiting list. <laughs> I think that'll do well, you know, and if it doesn't do well, um, you can expand that into, I don't know, maybe a, another novel. Um, have you <laughs> have you got any plans for um, writing something for Christmas? Because <laughs> one of your most humorous books was actually the, the 12 deaths of Father Christmas, wasn't it? I've written a little piece of flash fiction called Pete the Polar Bear. Oh, okay. Oh, that yeah, that we'll sounds that cute. I'll send that to you. Yeah. Christmas. Yeah. I've got one called Christmas Jumper. Oh, okay. And is it, is it really a jumper or is it a euphemism? Right, it's having a dig at me. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. No, no further. Oh wow. Okay. So, still a very creative couple with lots more. So do you want to tell us about the the podcast then? Um, the new, the new one. The, the, the brand new one that you just right. told me about, yeah. Amanda, what's the title of it again? <laughs> <laughs> if you can remember it. Yeah, that's um, us two with our friend, uh, alternative comic and poet himself, Grant Kerno. Because mm. we got talking to Grant a few months ago, and he watches all the same, a lot of the similar TV programmes, a lot of the time me and Amanda watch. Yeah. And they've been talking about it for a bit because they've been. He's had his mum living in, in between houses for a month or two, so he's delayed it. Okay. But we did the first episode this morning where we did reviews on Gen V, which is a spin-off from The Boys. Mm-hmm. Low-key season two. Okay. Doctor Who, the first new episode from last night. I was going to ask you about that. What was your thoughts on it? Yet. Okay, I had to watch it. Doc, uh, David Tennant's my favourite Doctor. Looking forward oh, to it, that's all yeah. I can say. It is, it's great. Did you see it, Amanda? No, but Grant was very excited. Yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> and um, for listeners that, that don't know about Grant, he does a, an amazing impression of a Dalek, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, he's got a Dalek on. Yeah, he was our special guest yeah. on the podcast. Oh, he's got his own slot, mini uh, Dalek. Yeah. We asked him what he thought of a TV programme and he went, Extravagant! <laughs> and mini Dalek's got to be in every episode oh, now. Oh, will be. We asked him mini Dalek what he thinks of every programme, so, or some programme does, so. Yeah, we did that this morning and that was a... That'll be out when I can get it cut to because the line dropped a couple of times during it. So I need to just, just re-listen to editing purposes. Right, yeah. And some some people do seasons or podcasts. You, you, yours seem to free flow into like a, a year or so, don't they? Uh, so well, what will happen with this? It's been weekly for years. For, for years, in years fact, now, yeah. yeah. And Cloaked in the Shadows is monthly. This will be yeah. monthly as well. Okay. I, 
we don't watch enough TV really to start doing it weekly. Right, okay. Well, well, well that's good. So, I thought we would play some more of your music selection. Now, I, I know that you had some in involvement with fans of this artist that we're going to play, but I don't know whether that was a podcast. No. Oh, that wasn't a podcast. No, it's a Facebook group. Oh, that's just people wondering it's the 60s singer Scott Walker. Okay. And I do the admin, or co-do the admin, with Heather and Jill, who might be listening to this today. Okay. A group called Scott Walker Fan Group on Facebook, and it's got thousands of people. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I always like easy... Um, on yourself and I've played that a few times and that was how I got to know about your big involvement because that again was another thing that you kept yeah. quiet so I mean, it's not something it's only in the background this really is for Ponzi but it's, it's I like the music yeah. and I can I can easily cover on it it's not it, I'm not going to say it's a lot of work it is a lot of work because it's like moderating the yeah. stopping the people fighting <laughs> or spammers well, you get a lot and, yeah, that's story another day like, I, could, I could do a full radio programme on yeah. moderation <laughs> oh wow so, so we'll have this and this is it's raining today because it isn't <laughs> it's raining today and I'm just about to forget the train window girl That wonderful day we met She smiles through the smoke From my cigarette It's raining today But once there was summer and you In late afternoons, those moments descend on my window pane. I've hung around to. Listening to the old landlady's hard luck stories You out of me, me out of you We go like lovers To replace the empty space Repeat our dreams to someone new
It's raining today And I watch the cellophane streets No hang-ups for me Cause hang-ups need company The street corner girl's a cold trembling leaf. It's raining today. It's raining today. was Scott's Walker there. I like the way that you can um, move between genres. It's something that I love to do as well. And, and one of the things that I say about the, the show is to leap through the genres and, and, and the decades. For one thing, it gives you more scope. But for yeah, one thing, love, it gives I you... I love those four albums he does because it's, yeah. it's Scott's one to four because it's, it's crooning music. But if you listen to the lyrics, it's not Frank Sinatra. Right. <laughs> way beyond that. Oh, I've not, I've not heard enough of him, to be honest with you. It's like it, it was always Make It Easy On Yourself was the one that, yeah, that, that was, I enjoyed. That was with the Walker Brothers and four couple years before that. Yeah. That's totally different. And it's sad, isn't it? Because, you know, people like Scott Walker, they, they continued way, way past that and not everyone realises it in a way. He's probably not big inspiration, actually, really, because he, never, he was an artist. He had his bad points in the 70s and 80s. Mm. But when he got, got, came back in the 90s, he just went a completely different direction. Right. But you can hear little bits of the 60s music. So it's weird. Yeah. He, he never stood still. So and that's yeah. why I think that's important as an artist. Exactly. And you, you actually released a couple of like non-fiction books last year, one about your, your diabetes and one about your journey um, being diagnosed as a neurodivergent. And it's one of the things that they say, isn't it? Yeah, kind of that, that needs to come out that year, there has the articles yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, it has. It's having the diabetes, the diabetes thing, I, I wrote that more freely. Right. Certainly, with the neurodiversity, that I got, I got rest, that was 28, and I wouldn't have wrote about it now, but 51. Right. It took me yeah. a long time to think as I can write about things. Do, do you think that it kind of helped your creativity as opposed to stunts it, though? And yeah, even. No, definitely, and definitely. not getting the diagnosis till later in life, do you think that that was a blessing or not? Ooh, that's a difficult question, that one. Mm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You look inside the coins. Obviously, the age I'm at in school back then, you wouldn't have found it. They didn't work no. Stuff back then. No, you'd have just felt more isolated, yeah, I suppose. It, the isolation, in hindsight, helped me with my creativity. Sure. And I think yeah. You did the same for you. Your background was Amanda, wasn't it? Mm. So, well, you need that sort of um, isolation to be able to come. The creativity. I mean, yeah. There's got to be an edging, edging yourself. Hmm. For the seed to, to grow, I suppose. But what about the... Did you get a sense of relief to get the... Diag because it's a big theme now. People are thinking, should diabetes, I, shouldn't I get diabetes a diagnosis? Up. Diabetes, I woke up in hospital. I collapsed in the job I was working at. Right, yeah. That's why. The neurodiversion was 29, actually. I had a trouble at school all my life. Wow. And that 
proved a big help, helping them to deal with things more than. But I always found amazing about you, Andy, was the fact that you kept gravitating towards the writing and stuff because some people, that they, they kind of run away from it because they've got, got the issues, but it almost seems that you embraced it more so even with your struggles. Yeah, I think the diabetes one was, to keep it short for yours, basically I was already in that side of things, but it just changed courses, changed directions. Yeah. And I needed it to pull me through it. Why yeah. I wouldn't have been here today. Mm, mm. And obviously, writing about it has has that put it in some new context yeah. for you? Yeah, it helped me come to terms with things a lot more. I did, and again, that was a difficult book to write as well. Yeah, story <laughs> but you put yourself through these yeah. things because you're passionate about your creativity. Yeah. What's next for you? So I know the podcast is next, but writing wise, I know that you've been getting some good feedback on sure. on birth. I'm not sure yet. Um, I've got certainly. There is a sequel that started at the same time as Birth that's nowhere near as complete as Birth called Death, actually. I was going to say, will you go through yeah. to death? And right. Is, which somebody has done a very rough cover on it for me, and it was really good. Oh. Really I, I did a mock-up of like, the guy, what the guy's going to look like so many years from now. Okay. I've not put it onto a cover And yet. I've got a, a kind of sci-fi horror thriller knocking around as well. Mm. It doesn't have a title. <laughs> I can't tell you that. But but, but, watch your space. Uh, but, but you know, the, the way Amanda has like designed the, the cover for, for birth, I was kind of thinking that, you know, maybe she'd do some more imagery in, inside as well. Would that ever be something that you would do, like more pictorial or not? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got to think about unless that. We, unless we do a graphic novel. <laughs> I think you should do a graphic novel. Yeah, you got to just like do all the genres, all the yeah. genres. It's just added to the list. Yeah. Well, exclusive. it's been said right there, exclusive to all FM. Oh, it's been a pleasure as always to have you live in the studio. I think this is like your your third time, but always fresh, always new stuff, which is great for me. It's great to have like this extra content we're, from we're you. We're radio DJs, nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Not mine. I, I enjoy the the content um, and I enjoy finding out what next from you so it's, it's been great to have you both back as uh, my real voices of, of Manchester you're doing a lot of promo for this okay uh, birth is available on Amazon as is changing place oh, no, changing carriages at Birmingham Newstra I forgot the name right there but yeah both on Amazon and you can pick them up on Kindles as well the frog with no friends that's on Amazon Great for kids. Do check out Andy Great. N. By the way, the Frog With No Friends is a perfect Christmas present for two. Ah, a salesman Andy with a final word. Thank you, dear listener, for listening. I've been Ruth O'Reilly. It's been a pleasure to keep you company today. Big thank you to my special guests, Andy N and Amanda Nicholson. There'll be more from me next week. We're going to leave now with Scott Water. Uh, uh, Scott Walker and Winter Night. See, that's me thinking about yeah. Water Me. And this is a perfect track for...